0: Well, as evidenced by words like truth and racism, I guess we're just gonna let anybody who's anybody define whatever term they wanna define, however they wanna define it, so that they can just feel good about whatever it is that they wanna feel good about, even including now the term pro-life. Yeah, sure, you're pro-life. You just go ahead and define that however you wanna define pro-life so that you can call yourself pro-life and feel good about yourself. Well, you know what? I ain't about that life. Thank you everyone for checking out the podcast. This is Right All Week and I am your host. My name is Dave. If you would like to engage with us on all of the usual social media platforms, the username is at RightAllWeek. And if you would like to send a question or a comment via email, the address is RightAllWeek at gmail.com. Please hook us up with positive reviews if you're listening on an audio platform. And if you're on YouTube, please remember to like, and subscribe, ring that bell. And of course, everybody on all platforms, all social media, if you could do us a favor and share this content. It's good for people who would like to agree. It's good for people who would like to disagree. And of course, when you connect like minds, it makes you look good. So do it for you as well as for everyone else. Now, moving on to today's subject matter, talking about pro-life issues again, cause hey, that stuff's important to me. And this week near me, a new article came out, and this would be local-ish to where I'm in the Tampa Tribune a doctor wrote about pro-life and the uh, the headline for this was why I'm pro-life but not pro-Trump so that's one that I want to point out and then another one is actually from Kentucky and uh, let's see this one's headline again it was uh, Bishop says Trump isn't pro-life because He's only concerned about himself. Now, that, of course, just on the face of it, could possibly be something that's accurate. But I'd like to dig into both of these articles and make some arguments, expose some lies about what it really means to be uh, pro-life and and, then share the truth about what it really means to be pro-life. And, uh, you know, I guess we're going to have to talk about Trump at least a little bit, but that's really not that important for the pro-life issue. Now, the first one is written by a doctor. Oh, well, that's very important, right? Because we're all about doctors. Right now, doctors are the the experts, and their word is almost gospel. Uh, except it's not the gospel, but that's how people are acting. So this first guy is actually somebody who grew up in in Italy. And he talks about how even the Catholics there didn't really do a lot with respect to the people who were getting abortions, even though technically it was illegal. And of course, you know, it's not a biblical thing, but uh, that's his experience growing up. And now he wants to paint the dichotomy and point out how it's different over here now in the United States, now that he works here as a doctor. So uh, pointing out that millions Catholics and evangelicals whose voting choice is informed by a single issue, abortion, they cast ballots for the current occupant of the White House. Uh, The current occupant, by the way, would be President Donald Trump, if you want to be appropriate. All right, so now he's talking about, all right, whether or not he, President Trump, has ever endorsed abortion was of no consequence to them. What mattered was his implied promise to appoint justices to the Supreme Court. Okay, so... I guess we're just going to ignore any of the overtly open comments that President Trump has made about his current pro-life position, his current stance. Has everything he said always been implicit? I guess this guy just doesn't know some of what he's talked about, what President Trump has said. But... This next thing does seem to be kind of an important point, the idea that we're going to appoint justices to the Supreme Court such that one day soon, Roe versus Way would be overturned and abortion could again be a crime. Now, this actually could be very true that a lot of people are hoping for this. I believe that's the case. I think a lot of people actually have misunderstood what the proper method of pursuing a pro-life culture would be. And I would encourage you, please go check out, I have a Why Roe versus, uh, The Roe documentary is fake news. I talk about Roe v. Wade and Jane Roe specifically in that video and why this is not the strategy. This is a losing strategy. It's not even what we should be worried about. And uh, I don't wanna go into all of it now, but please check out that video so you can see why that is so. So now this doctor claims to have shared these people's motivations, that he prefers to to elect pro-life candidates and that abortion is the issue that most influences his political choices. But now we're getting to the caveat, the catch. The in this case, where he says, "I cannot possibly endorse a letter that my friends, the pro-life Democrats, recently sent to Donald Trump's rival. President Trump's political rival is, of course, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, also known as Dead Man Walking." Also, they asked. Joe Biden to uh, disallow federal funds for abortions should he defeat Trump. So they're not even asking, hey, can we go for this thing that you said before? We're just want to do the usual not a, uh, saying that we're going to use any tax dollars, any federally raised funds. We're not going to use that money to pay for these things. And now he, this guy says, this doctor, I cannot in good conscience works towards the elimination of abortions. I thought you were pro-life. Uh, but not for the impoverished women who are entitled to them in cases of rape or incest or when the pregnant woman's life is in danger by a disease, illness, or injury. Now, just to make it perfectly clear, anybody who knows what medicine actually looks like should already understand that in the case where lives are in danger, mom is pregnant with a baby and mom is about to die. If mom dies, what happens to the baby inside? Uh, well, the baby needs mom at this point to live, right? They are uh, together in the most uh, together way possible. And so it's known if mom dies, baby dies. So we're gonna do whatever we have to do to try to save mom. And sometimes you can't save both. So. That is a straw man. It doesn't even count. All right. If the life is in danger, we're supposed to save that life. We're supposed to save the mother. And it's kind of silly to try to suggest that we're not going to. But now here we go to the other guys. In cases of rape or incest. Well, now you have to get back to the basic definition again. What is life? is it life in the womb is that a human person does that person have a is that distinct from any other person unique again i've hit these issues in previous videos so please be sure to go and check those out the point being though if the answers are yes and there's very good evidence that the answers are yes then it doesn't matter what the other circumstances are Just to be brutally honest, it's not to say that we don't care, that we're not compassionate, and we don't want to do something to help that mother, but if that is a life, then there is nothing that you can get that gives you the right. There's no explanation now for some circumstance that now says, yes, we get to kill that one. So no, actually, the guy's not really pro-life. Not really, not honestly. And that points out my, uh, something else I want to hit right here, this idea that we call them pro-life Democrats. Well, pretty much anybody who calls himself a Democrat, doesn't matter what other term they want to attach to it, they're Democrats first. So these guys, even though it's now known, they're going to have to try to petition Joe Biden to do something that Donald Trump has already done. Actually, he's already proved himself to be in spite of whatever his history is or whatever we feel that his might be implicit. But uh, he's already done this specifically, so we're not going to use these these. Uh, federal funds for these things. The only exception that you might be able to find currently, and I am on board with this one, fighting to completely defund Planned Parenthood. But the only president in history who's actually done that is President Trump. So now they say that they're pro-life Democrats, but they're going to, rather than pick somebody who actually already is doing pro-life things, we're going to beg the dementia patient to do some of those same things so that way we can stick keep claiming this title even though yes Democrats first say another good example of Democrats first blue dogs right because they're supposed to be your fiscal conservatives but anytime a new plan rolls out budget-wise oh yeah do we ever hear of those guys bucking the system fighting with them maybe joining the Freedom Caucus to try to slow down the crazy spending up there no no they're Democrats first and whatever other title they attach just so maybe they can feel good about themselves or maybe so they can campaign in specific districts you know there's probably a different specific situation to each one of these other persons but my primary argument here is that they're Democrats first so that's article number one that I want to hit and then here's the other one the idea can this Bishop in Kentucky that Trump isn't pro-life and he has specific reasons why he says that he's not pro-life why he says uh, that he can't call himself pro-life or anybody to back him because of his claims of pro-life while well, these things would just be ilf- uh, willful ignorance that he is, he's anti-life. This is the real, is his accusation. Trump is anti-life. And uh, tells, uh, he references a paper that was written by uh, Pope Francis and gets into the details. How do we define anti-life Trump? Well, because uh, we cannot claim to be pro-life if we're supporting things like the separation of children from their parents at the United States border. Because uh, we cannot support people who are being exposed to COVID-19. Oh, because uh, the facilities that we're in uh, support denying people the need to adequate health care. Adequate access to health care is another thing that says, oh, well, we can't call ourselves pro-life without that one. And then finally, um, getting things like a house. Yeah, if we're, I guess we're not doing enough to make sure everybody owns a house. And then finally, education. And it says we cannot call ourselves pro-life specifically because of these things. All right. So now you got to get back to it again. Really, honestly, Mr this Bishop guy, I don't, I don't know who the, who he is, but as somebody who has worked here locally in the pro-life movement for a long time, uh, don't want to get too facetious here, but I'll just, maybe it's possible I have a little bit more pro-life conviction under my pinky fingernail than either one of these writers of these articles have. But, uh, I can say for sure that the official position for Catholic pro-life People who fight for those rights, uh, they're not worried about these things as much. Maybe some of them actually do care about these, and that's fine. I think that these are all probably, with a couple of exceptions, they're fine issues. But to put them on the level with what most of my Catholic friends in the pro-life movement are fighting for, the ending of abortion, and several of them also don't like the death penalty. So they would just prefer everybody be naturally born and everybody would naturally die and there's no right in human, nobody gets a human right to go and kill another human and that's their official position. So again, looking at that position, biblically, obviously anybody who studied their Bible, I want to say it's because it's obvious to me, but that you can't find a biblical support for a pro-choice as they would like to call themselves, uh, which is basically just child sacrifice. You can't justify that using scripture. Scripture is clearly pro-life. God is the one who is knitting people together in the womb, as it tells us. So you don't want to go in there and interrupt God's creativity because, oh, circumstances. But then let's say these things. Oh, but these somehow or another meet on the same level as murder? Really, honestly, murder? These are as important whether or not families get to stay together at the border. Well, let's be honest. One of the primary reasons that we're actually doing this is because it's hard for people to know if they're just sneaking across the border, are you even a real legitimate family? Oh, actually, that's another huge justice issue, another one that is supported by, uh, by the biblical precedence. Uh, we want to make sure that people aren't being trafficked Actually, this is exactly how they get a lot of sex slavery in the United States. So we just make sure, hey, before we let a family in, technically illegally, we make sure that they're actually a legitimate family and that this kid hasn't been kidnapped, that this kid isn't being trafficked, that this kid isn't a couple of steps away from being somebody's sex slave, literally. Sorry if that bothers you, but that is one of the primary reasons why we do this, okay? So is that on par with uh, murder. We should not be separating people because that's as bad as murder. Uh, no, especially not if your goal is to protect children from abuse. So stuff that one. Now also, oh, we're exposing people to COVID-19 and we're denying people adequate health care and we're not letting people get houses and we're not giving them enough education. Yeah, well, here's the thing about houses, education, and health care. You can't pursue those things if you're dead. All right. If you've been murdered, then obviously none of those things matter to you. So I'm sorry, I'm not willing to put them on the same level. Those are not pro-life arguments. Those could be good arguments after, but if you're still concerned about whether or not you're alive, you're not really concerned about whether or not you get enough education. That's pretty much this the truth of it. And back to the other thing, Another, you don't make exceptions for rape and incest. Now, here's the other thing that's actually really curious to me, because our president, President Trump, that was one of his official positions originally he didn't want to remove the caveats for rape and incest which gave conservatives and biblical persons like myself a legitimate criticism to say well is he actually as pro-life as we want him to be but these guys both of them want to go after our who is probably even though he had that caveat as he describes as his personal conviction the president who despite whatever rhetoric has actually been one of the most pro-life presidents we've actually ever had the fact that he the first sitting president to go to the pro-life rally and uh, to make these speeches and to i mean the, how quickly he discarded the mexico city policy when he got in there and i think i'm uh, probably sure about this one too name another president who actually did take money away from planned parenthood and then of course all the other speeches and the ways that he's gone out to protect things like religious freedom at places where that is a part of their religious belief and to make sure that they're protected and they're allowed to pursue those things so that people don't have to fund uh, abortifacients and other sorts of of contraceptions that go against their biblical convictions. So uh, the fact that these guys want to go after him and say that he's not, they just basically have to be sticking their head in the sands and basically picking other things that actually are more important to them, which is why I said, you're not pro-life. No, if these are the things that you say are more important and these are the things, the reasons why you can't support the guy who, despite whatever peccadilloes he's got, he actually has been the most effective we've had in a while. Now, all of us still want more, but you know what you're not going to get more from? You're not going to get more from the Democrats because they are uh, the most pro-child killing party in the United States, bar none. And that is the truth. And this is why I want to talk about it today. We can't let... Fake pro-life messages get out there and try to pollute our message no we need to be honest about what our message is God is the creator of life and none of us has a right to interrupt it but him period the child killing this is murder and you don't get to make these exceptions and of course if you want to I would encourage you to get informed about why all that is true not just biblically but also scientifically the science is actually on our side which is why they spend most of their time making emotional appeals we have to make an exception to to the convictions, an exception to the science because, oh, it's just going to be so hard. Yeah, you know what, sometimes life is hard, and sometimes we do it to ourselves, and sometimes other people do it to us. But in both cases, you don't get to go and do something wrong, two wrongs don't make a right. And that's why what I'm telling you today is the right answer. And I just wanted to share that because I feel like that's my job. If you're finishing this video, I really appreciate you. I wanna thank you for watching it. I ask that you would share it just like I asked that you would share all of the videos here. And I of course will invite you to come back and watch some more again. This is Right All Week, I am Dave, and this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters.